your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. Hi, everyone. This is Tony Abbott from 10krings.com. And with me today was Joe Bully from 10krings.com. We did a crossover episode with Locked On Sabres to discuss the Marcus Johansson trade where Minnesota sent Eric Stahl in exchange one for one, one for one, one for one with Marcus Johansson. So you're going to find out all kinds of things like who is Marcus Johansson and uh, why does Minnesota want him? And also how this trade looks for uh, for Buffalo's perspective and a bunch of other really great stuff uh, relating to the trade. So make sure to catch that. Also make sure to catch our sponsor, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, the lowest prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com enter the promo code locked on to let them know we sent you anyway here's the show welcome everybody to a special crossover edition of the locked on sabers and locked on wild podcast joe dibiase from locked on sabers joined by joe booley and tony abbott from locked on wild guys if i told you at the beginning of the day that we would be uh, speaking together uh, you i think we would assume something interesting would have uh, would have happened in between no uh yeah but hopefully interesting for a better reason but uh turn <laughs> i mean i mean fine for you fine yes. for you but not so much on this end um, so the Sabres and Minnesota Wilds official now, both teams have confirmed it. Both general managers have spoken with the media. Eric Stahl, the Buffalo, Marcus Johansson to Minnesota. And I'll tell you guys first and foremost, before we even get into like the merits of the trade and what both teams' intentions might be by making this move is that Eric Stahl is an interesting figure here in Buffalo in that there's no season that Sabre fans probably get more emotional over than the 2006 Sabres because everyone thought they were going to win the cup that year. They get a bunch of injuries in the conference finals. And the one player that was a thorn in their side, maybe more than anybody was a young Eric Stahl. So if you pulled Sabre fans a day ago and asked, who's your most hated player in the NHL? <laughs> he, he probably wouldn't finish first, but Eric Stahl would have been near the top of the list. But I don't even think it matters what Saber fans' uh, thoughts would have been on Stall heading into this game and like whether or this trade, whether they like him or not, because the value just screams that the Sabers came out on the better end here. I don't know what you guys think if that was your reaction, but my first instinct was this is a good move for the Sabers, and I'm not really sure why Minnesota made this trade. Yeah, and I, I think they should definitely let bygones be bygones in Buffalo, considering the fact that you know what 2006 that was like 20 gms ago in buffalo <laughs> so you know. uh but no I, I i definitely agree like uh i i think that it's a really good value obviously there was a huge need for uh for a center to go behind jack eichel since the ryan o'reilly trade so uh being able to get eric stall and honestly like it's a perfect solution right because you have dylan cousins coming up uh, but you maybe don't want to throw him into the center mm-hmm. role as a 19 year old. You give Eric Stahl a, a chance. He's still pretty productive, not, you know, quite Eric Stahl of even two years ago, but still um, pretty productive. 
and uh, and you give Dylan Cousins a, a nice chance to ease into the lineup. I thought it was a nice piece of work by Buffalo. Joe, was that your thoughts on the move as well? Your first thought when you saw it? <laughs> well, it's clear that the red hotline phone between the uh, the front offices of Buffalo and Minnesota is still there, yeah. even now that they've changed out GMs. It seemed like Chuck Fletcher and Tim Murray were were joined. Oh, yeah. It seemed like they'd always make a move. But here we are again. It's Bill Guerin. And uh, is it Kevin Adams now? Yes, Kevin Adams. Same and yeah. uh, it's just it's wait, it's Milton amazing. Adams from Office Space. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I almost wish it was. Yeah. Bill Guerin had to throw in his uh, his red stapler to make the trade. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny though that you're right. Like there's been a long history in the last decade. Matt Molson traded to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. There was like a Tory Mitchell trade in there at a deadline. Chris Stewart, Jason Pominville back and forth. Marcus yeah, Polino. <laughs> I mean, it's yep. It, we we can talk. Chris Stewart, I think, was in there a couple times. Yep. I mean, it's 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 a long history between Buffalo and Minnesota. Um, I mean, hell, they, they ended up requiring uh, Thomas Vanek, I think, originally after he left Buffalo as well. So, yep. um, just the history there, anyways. But uh, so here's another trade: Eric Stahl goes to Buffalo. I am not as nearly as up in arms about this trade. I don't really know what to expect from from a Marcus Johansson mm-hmm. um, at this point, but with the state of where the wild have at and where they want to get to like Eric Stahl's going to, he's 36. Like the wild, yeah. we're not going to commit to him for another couple of years. Um, it sure is a, a far cry away from maybe that first round pick that was rumored that he could have uh, fetched from Boston a couple seasons ago, or actually it was just in 2019 with when Paul Fenton was the, uh, the GM, but um, I do think that uh, this is kind of the state of where the team is that they're going to have to let go a beloved guy like Eric Stahl. Yeah, I think, you know, you said you don't know what to expect from Johansson. And I think that I, I would not be happy with this move if I were covering the wild or for a wild fan, because I think you're giving up value here and you're not necessarily getting the exact amount of value in return. That being mm-hmm. said, though, a lot of Sabre fans and those covering the media are like, oh, Johansson, like, great, immediate upgrade. And I think that a lot of the reaction to what he was last season was overblown. And it was because the Sabres were so desperate for a second-line center that they're looking around. They can't, they can't find anybody other than an 18-year-old Dylan Cousins, which you cannot do that to an eight-year-old, <laughs> 18-year-old draft pick, force him into that role that quickly. And Johansson's sitting out there in free agency. It's like, yeah, I'll give you a two-year deal for for nine million bucks total, four and a half million per year. That's not that bad on the cap, and you're not committing to him long term. He's still young right. enough. And even though he hadn't played center for a long time, and he had been playing my, primarily on the wing with his last couple of teams, the Sabers just didn't really have a better option. And then he came in here, and of course, he was not what you want as a second line center, but. 30 points in 60 games. That's a 41 point pace over 82 games. Like, I don't know what the Sabres were expecting from Johansson. That's more than that. Like he's mostly been a 40 to 50 point player throughout his career. He had one career season in Washington where he had 58, but otherwise he's always been in that 40 to 50 point range. So I saw a comment uh, from, I think it was Mike Russo who covers the wild that the wild plan on having him at center and that's one that I would think is Harry. I think the best role for Johansson is 
either second or third line winger, and he'll put up 40 to 50 points for you. I still think he might put up this similar offensive production for you down the middle, but he's definitely a liability in his own end. So that's where I'd want to direct the question to question to one of you guys though, is do you think that that holds? Do you think that's right? That once the season next season begins, whenever it is that Johansson's down the middle, because would Minnesota, I guess, have a better option for second line center than Johansson? Not right now. I <laughs> think right now he's uh I mean, right now, I think your first line center is Jewel Erickson. Eck. It's uh, it's it's pretty wild there. And then behind that is uh, Nick Bugstad, who, you know, if healthy, he's good. But like his back, like he's got two back surgeries on his on his on his career now. I don't think that that's uh, that's something that you can really rely on. And and yeah, like you pointed it out, like Marcus Johansson's not a center and, and he really struggled there. And sounds like he made everyone in Buffalo hate him because he struggled <laughs> there. And it, it, it's just really great that, you know, Minnesota is looking to a, a, a franchise like Buffalo and being like, let's make the exact same mistakes that they're making. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty ludicrous there. Like I, and that's, I guess my biggest problem with the trade, right. Is that, you know, Johansson's young, than stall but he's not significantly younger than stall he's what 29 will he be 30 next year i think he'll be 30 by the time next season starts yeah yeah so he's going to he's he's just about to turn 30 so you're not really getting younger and you're not really getting a better player like even if stall like declines a little more next year like i don't know like at 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 center i I still think i'd rather take eric stall next year even with stall being as old as he is and then on top of that it's like you're adding almost a million and a half more of cap space. So you're taking on more space. You're getting a worse player and you're not really getting younger for it. Now, now if like, I don't know what degree of done you would be with somebody like Casey Middlestat, but like, if you Ooh. got, if you got Johansson and, and, and a reclamation project like Casey Middlestat and then traded away stall, then I think that's a good move because you know, you're, you're getting, you're getting something that kind of, says you know we're going younger and we're going in a uh in a better or or at least trying yeah. to get younger faster and more skilled but i i don't know what they were trying to accomplish with this all right we will get back to hockey in a minute but first i simply must tell you about our friends at built bar that's right built bar the best tasting protein bar ever and let me tell you in the middle of the day or late at night when I'm editing these podcasts, uh, you know, sometimes the uh, sometimes the hunger monster can strike and then you're like, oh, what do I do now? Do I go eat some chips or some some junk food? And the answer is always no, you shouldn't do that. Please don't do that. And and sometimes you do anyway, but I don't do that when I have built bar in my house. You know why? Because when I'm hungry and I want a snack. I want something that tastes good, and Built Bars, they taste good. They have 18 amazing flavors that you can mix and match. They have nut flavors, non-nut flavors if you're allergic to nuts or just don't like them. Uh, Just amazing stuff. New flavors like Caramel Brownie, Cherry Barcia, Carrot Cake, and then of course the uh, the old standbys if you are a classic Built Bar kind of person with peanut butter, banana bread, uh, salted caramel, uh, peanut butter brownie all kinds of great stuff there they are healthy they taste great and if you order now you can get ten dollars off your off uh your order when you punch in locked on as the promo code that's right locked on 
as a promo code on BuiltBar.com gets you $10 off any order. It doesn't matter if you've already tried Built Bars before. We want you to come back to them. So uh, make sure to put in that promo code. And if you never tried them, let uh, you know, give them a chance because you will never find a protein bar that tastes so good at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, Middlestat's an interesting figure in that because he's definitely a bit of a reclamation reclamation project at this point. I think they're still hopeful that he can be a second line player for them. Now, I think the the likelihood that he's going to do that down the middle is starting to fade. And I think that they might start to try they, they might think of him as more of a winger coming up because of the emergence of Cousins and I would think definitely now that Eric Stahl has become he's almost I, I think Stahl on the Sabre side of it by the way I mean it's almost a perfect move for them in that if Cousins hits if Cousins reaches that potential that he's displayed in junior hockey over the last 18 months since the Sabres drafted him then like Stahl's the perfect guy to let him get his feet wet in the league I mm-hmm. almost compared him to on my radio show here in Buffalo earlier tonight I compared him to like a bridge quarterback in the NFL like Tyrod Taylor right now is the quarterback of the Chargers, but we all know he's just holding down the fort until Justin Herbert, who they just picked sixth overall, is going to end up starting for them. And that's kind of how I think of Eric Stahl, although on a, you know, hockey being a little bit different, mm-hmm. is that I don't think you need to replace Eric Stahl until his contract expires at the end of the year. So for the Sabres, I think it's perfect. Um, but I guess what level of player is he? Because He's still producing, and last year his shot percentage was back up to close to where it was a couple of years ago when he scored 40 goals. But I don't know. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think that at age 36, I I don't think it's fair to expect 40 goals. Maybe like 50 points, which is probably what he would have got close to last year. No? that's So that's the funny thing is like when the Wild first signed him back in the summer of 2016, it was kind of like a – Hey, you know, he's kind of a reclamation project after coming off of a, a, a terrible season with Carolina and getting traded to New York. And this was a chance for him to one sign fairly cheaply with the Minnesota wild. And uh, if the wild could get 50 points out of it, it was, it was fine. That was kind of like every, anything you get after that was, was gravy. And um, what he really did for the Minnesota wild in 2016 through 2019 was really just, stabilized the roster what it allowed it to allowed them to do was put Mikhail Granlund onto the wing and he absolutely broke through it allowed them to uh put in players like Miko Koivu was no longer a number one center if he ever was one it put him in a role where he could take on much more of a defensive burden and uh, and install can worry about offense and that that seemed to work especially early on and I think that's really what if you're if you're Buffalo, that's kind of what you're looking for here is someone to just allow players to be put into roles that actually fit them a little bit more. He's still going to be productive. He's still going to be very solid and strong on the puck. And even with him turning 36 and even there's even there being like a slight decline from when he scored 42 goals that that season and tied a Minnesota wild franchise record like he still can do things now. The cliff is going to be sharp here, and I don't know how long he's going to stick around for in in Buffalo, but uh, we kind of always had the saying in Minnesota when when Stahl was here is Stahl is Bay. He just did so many (laughs) things that the Minnesota Wild just needed 
for a team that was starving for a first line center and they had to go outside the organization to get that, uh, you know, a 31, 32 year old to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he would, he did that for a while and he fulfilled that role and he allowed other, other players to play their role. And I think that's what helped Minnesota thrive, especially in the 16, 17 season. And as I understand, I, I don't think that uh, that stall needs to be a first line center in Buffalo. No, he doesn't. Now, I will say that he has the added pressure of Sabre fans are still furious that Ryan O'Reilly is not their second line center right now. So I don't think that he'll live up to that. But given where they've been in the last two years since Ryan O'Reilly was traded away for basically nothing, um, I think he'll far exceed what has been going on the last two years. And I think that he'll, I think among the options that they were going to have, like, I think Stahl's pretty good. Like you mentioned, Mikel Granlin, he's a guy we've talked about on our Locked on Sabres podcast as a potential second line center fix in free agency, not even because he's a great option for it, but just there's so few options mm-hmm. when you hit the open market. Um, before we get anything else, what do you think of Granlin, by the way? I'm not sure he is a guy that will spend any more time talking about now that Stahl is a Sabre, but if I had told you, asked you a week ago, if he's a good option for the Sabres at second line center, what would your guys answer have been? He kind of feels like a Casey Middlestead in a sense, uh, much more mature and older and now a player that kind of realized his role. Um, he only broke out when he went to the wing. He, he just didn't seem to have the body style, the game, the, the really the, the what you need from a center in the NHL. The speed, really. Really, the yeah, you're right, the speed. I think he's a very, very good player still. I think that when he went to Nashville, it just didn't fit. It was his first time being traded. Sure. Um, and I think that coming if he were to even come back to the Minnesota Wild and be able to set up players like Fiala or even Kirill Kaprizov, who's starting next year, yes. it wouldn't be a terrible idea. But I think that ship is mostly sailed. I don't know if he can come in to the Buffalo Sabres and really solve what you guys are looking for, especially when you've got uh, Casey Middlestead, who's kind of mm-hmm. in the same role that Granlund was in prior to 2016. Okay, How's the power play there, Joe? It was very inconsistent last year. The number one power play unit would have stretches where they were the best power play in the league. When Jack Eichel is on the left flank and Victor Olofsson, who's on the right flank. And if you guys haven't spent a ton of time watching Victor Olofsson, I would call him an average hockey player in every shape and form, except he's got an elite shot. Like I Mm -hmm. think his shot will make him, what was he? 25 goals ish last year while also missing some games. Um, when he's going, that power play was near the top of the league. But the problem that they saw, 42 points, 20 goals in 54 games, by the way, was Olsen's uh, numbers last year. Uh, 11 of those 20 goals on the power play. So he's almost the key to it. And when he was missing time and they would put actually Marcus Johansson on that right wing, then it would stall. Now, the problem with that was the Sabres just didn't have enough shooters because when Olofsson exits the lineup, well, suddenly the only good shot you've got on your power play is Jack Eichel's. Rasmus Dahlin's the best passer on the team, but he doesn't have a great shot. And Johansson, in his own right, is more of a playmaker. Like, he's a very good puck carrier. And actually, I think, like, I don't know how the status of Minnesota's power play, but to me, Marcus Johansson is a great second power play guy who can carry the puck into the zone and get you set up. Now, he's not going to do a whole lot once you're in the offensive zone, but he's going to get you in there and he's going to get everything kind of organized and he'll start you, he'll kind of quarterback the power play. Um, 
But when you have Jack Eichel and Darlene, you don't need that. So Stahl, to me, at the very least, he's going to be an immediate upgrade on their power play because I think he just give him that score, that scoring ability that he's got. And then if he gets a, a, a one-timer in the high slot, I think he's going to score at a rate that's far greater than Marcus Johansson. So my answer to that would be that their power play was great, super inconsistent last year. And I think that's probably a part of this trade that they're hoping Stahl helps that along. I think that Gramlin could be a sneaky good move for Buffalo then like it, uh, just to just to put on the wing uh, yeah. because I think Gramlin's really good at uh, entering the zone. He's pretty yeah. good at cycling at five on five. He uh, he's pretty good and solid defensively while being able to, you know, work pretty well in the offensive zone. And he has a history of being really good with Eric Stahl. So I think that if I was Buffalo, I'd probably take a long, hard look at, Granlin and mm-hmm. be like cool we've got the center thing figured out uh we don't even need Granlin to play center but sure. I I think that uh, I think that could be a sneaky good fit especially if you can buy low after his uh down year in Nashville yeah I I think he's still interesting even though he's not exactly fitting into like that second line center conversation that we had been having with him before. Um, I don't also know like how the Sabres are one of these teams right now that are being talked about as having an internal cap because of how hard they've been hit financially because of COVID and because of the probable fact that there's going to be no fans in the stands at the beginning of next season. We'll see. There's a lot of time before between now and then. Where where are the Wilds sit with that? Do do you think that they'll be at one of these teams that will have an internal salary cap? And in addition, I mean, free agency is not deep, but I mean, you've got big names like Taylor Hall is going to be on the market. Uh, Alex Petrangelo hasn't signed a contract yet. I'd be surprised if he's not back in St. Louis, but he's scheduled to be a free agent as well. If one or two of those guys were to hit the open market, is Minnesota in a position? And really. Do they even have the desire, I think, to go like an all-in type of move like that right now? You, you mentioned Petrangelo. They just signed Jonas Rodin to mm-hmm. a, a seven-year extension. Yep. I, I don't see them going after a defenseman at this point, especially, uh, especially since they're probably looking at trading one to acquire you know, a, a top-line sure. center. That said, I, I'm of the opinion that the Wild really just need to stay out of free agency this year. This team needs to really scale back kind of their efforts going after it. Um, and, mm. and, and with the free agency crop this year, just not being very solid or very good outside of maybe throwing money at like a Jacob Markstrom if, or, 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 or a goaltender of some sort. Braden Holby. Yeah. <laughs> not Braden Holby. So <laughs> thank you. But, Same. but that's really kind of the, the type of thing that they would have to do if that's what they're going to do. So, uh, goaltending and, and scoring is really there is, uh, well, top line center is kind of their main thing. And I just don't see that out on the free agency market. So my whole idea is like, they just need to stand pat and they've got, a, they've got Bukestad's contract coming off who they just traded for. They've got uh, Johansson's contract coming off the books. Uh, Koibu is off this year. There's a number of contracts after next season that are coming off the books, as well as uh, the need to resign some of the, some of the younger guys like, um, like Kevin Fiala and Marcus Felino and um, yep. and uh, who's the other one? Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, yeah, who, uh, you know, who's burning a year this after signing this year. And that's where they really need to put their money yeah. is, is some of these younger guys. And, and, and I know Felino is even a little bit older, but 
he he really surprised me with kind of like the way he's been playing uh actually from last year into this year it's just you, you uh, either make your splash next year or you make a trade and you have the cap space to to absorb that kind of money uh it's just yeah staying out of free agency is kind of i think the way to go hey wild fans it's tony from locked on wild i am going to be facing a problem in a few hours because my wife's going to come home and she's going to have a long day at the office and and she's not going to want to cook and i'm going to have a long day working in the content mines and it's very hot and i don't want to cook either so what do we do oh we've got a solution it's our friends at doordash DoorDash.com is going to be bringing you your favorite foods right to your door from your favorite restaurants, local and national. And I'm looking at all kinds of stuff here. You know, maybe someone in the house wants burgers. Maybe someone wants breakfast food. Maybe somebody wants Thai. Maybe somebody wants Italian food. Hey, pass the cannolis. If somebody says pass the cannolis, you can say, I'm not going to do that because DoorDash is going to be bringing those right to our door. So go to DoorDash.com. And uh, enter our promo code locked on and save five dollars off your first delivery at DoorDash.com. Yeah, I, I wonder. You mentioned the goalies, by the way. I'm praying the Sabers don't get involved in that, and I'm worried that they will because I mean, Linus Allmark's a good one B type of goalie, but Carter Hutton's been so bad. I'm worried that they'll get they'll 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 think, oh, Braden Holpe, that'd be fun, right? Like, let's go throw seven million bucks at him. Um, or Jacob Jacob Markstrom might be a better idea than that. But or Devin I, Dubnik. Devin yeah. Dubnik. What I can mean, I do to put you in this Devin Dubnik? <laughs> yeah. I mean at four point three million, right? Yeah, I'm looking at now four point three million on that cap. I he what a was a bargain. I, I didn't see, of course, nearly probably as many wild games as you guys did last year, but he, Whenever I saw him and the numbers, in addition to that, like looked pretty brutal last year. Well, he's a heavily used Devin Dubnik that you can have for the, the very fair price at <laughs> four point three million. Um, you take him. <laughs> yeah, really, with Dubnik, you mentioned him. He's he's really just broken down. I think. I mean, the after he uh, came to Minnesota the first time, it was really just ever since then he was just used in like I think it was right around. 75 70% or 60% of the games. I mean, it was pretty crazy how much they were using him and, um, and just yeah. in playing time because one, they didn't have a, a deal for backup. And so they, for, it was forcing Dubnik and I just feel like he's broken down. I, he had some off season or off the ice situations with his wife, having a health scare, but uh, overall, like he, you're right. He was absolutely brutal last year. And, uh, the Minnesota Wild, if you look at their numbers defensively, they they were the best in the league at unexpected goals against, and yet they were they gave up a league worst above above that, and it's just it was brutal. Goaltending is is absolute uh, an atrocity in Minnesota, and that needs to be fixed. And I just don't know where they're going to fix it without making a trade for some sort of young guy. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I, I actually, I have one more thing for you guys before, uh, before I'm done here. And it, I don't know that you'll have anything on this, but I want to ask it anyway, because it's an interesting thing that's going on with stall right now. And it's more so on social media because Pierre Lebrun from TSN, an interesting thing to say. And again, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if you guys are in the locker room or ever in the locker room or how much you see post game interviews or how much you would even know. No, about but Eric, Eric Stahl, Stahl is my best friend. We text all the okay. time. Okay. 
that's perfect because that's what I need to know here. I need to know like the inner workings of the mind of Eric Stahl because Pierre Lebrun said on TSN radio in Canada shortly after the trade happened that he had heard a rumor, not in direct relation to the trade, but a rumor he had heard before on Eric Stahl, like way before is that if he ever gets traded out of Minnesota, he's going to retire and that he'll just, he'll just outright retire because he's from Thunder Bay. And Mm -hmm. I I don't think that's necessarily close to, to the arena in St. Paul, but I think it's it's like five, relatively close, like four or five hours, maybe something like that. It's drivable. Yeah. Yeah, It's drive. It's drivable though. And if his family is there and he's got three kids and he's on the back nine of his career anyway, and not helping the fact, by the way, that the Sabres are not really the model of winning. And like, <laughs> oh, you want a last chance to win a Stanley Cup? Probably not the spot you're picking. So with all of that, like, do, do you guys think that that's a thing that he could just say, yeah, I'm just not showing up and I'm just going to pack up and go home? It is possible. I, I, I don't know if he would for sure. I don't know if he would ultimately decide to not play. Uh, but I know that uh, when he signed his contract, he got a uh, he got a limited no trade clause. He didn't get a full no move clause, but it was kind mm-hmm. of a handshake deal. Like, ah, uh, uh, this is uh, between Stall and Paul Fenton, right? Um, not uh, not Bill Guerin. Uh, ah, you know what? You're gonna you're gonna finish your career here. Um, so like there was that uh, handshake deal that happened, and, and um, I don't know, like. 3.25 million is 3.25 million but you know Stahl has made a, a, a good chunk of change throughout his career if he decides that you know he doesn't uh have another move in him if he decides that uh you know he's made enough money he's he's accomplished enough he's won a Stanley Cup um I didn't hear the uh it was uh it was LeBron yeah, LeBron was the one who said it. TSN 1040, I believe, uh, in, in Canada. I didn't hear that, but it honestly did cross my mind that, oh, like, would Stahl even want to do this? Um, you, right. you you bring that up just because shortly before that he, uh, he signed his two-year contract that he's on currently, it was, it came out in the media that Fenton went to him and asked him, like, hey, we, we have an offer for you to go to Boston. Do you mm-hmm. want to go? Boston obviously was a cup contender yep. and, and they were offering a first round pick and he chose to stick around in Minnesota. So, you know, yeah, that's, right that's now, not a right good now, sign <laughs> right now. It's a LeBron rumor, yeah. but it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Now I think Stahl is a consummate pro and I don't know if he would not fulfill kind of his deal and play out this play out the one year and then retire. But I do, I can kind of see where that rumor can kind of come from and why it could even be sort of even believable. Sure. I mean, and it's also, you know, we're we're also still in the thick of COVID too. Like, you know, it it might be, it might be more than just stall that sits out for a season too. Like he might not be the only player who doesn't play this season or, or maybe even like a player on the older side, you know, instead of coming back for one last year in a pandemic, ah, you know what, maybe I'll retire and, and not have to worry about like, Oh, what happens if I have to play in a bubble uh, sure. away from my family uh, for a good chunk of the season or the playoffs uh, run. So, you know, that might happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that still, like, even if you don't get stall on your team, 
you know, you guys didn't seem too thrilled with uh, Marcus Johansson, so you get rid of his <laughs> full uh, his full fare uh, yep. for this upcoming season, and uh, and you know maybe you don't get anything out of it, but you know like it's it's still cheaper than a buyout. Yeah, that that's and then you can true. still hate Eric Stahl. Yeah, so I was just gonna say that. Then we could go on hating Eric Stahl. We don't have to. It's weird. Like think think of a player that you just hate and like has always been just in your like Brad Marchand has always been this player for me. Sure. Um, and it's probably magnified by the fact that he's in the division and the Sabers see him twice as much. Um, but like imagine the most your most hated athlete, and then oh he's coming to your team, like that. I I don't know if you guys are like football fans or whatever but i have to imagine like that kind of been, would have been like what brett brett Favre was coming to the vikings 10 years ago Weirdly i don't know that enough, minnesotans but... loved brett Favre. they wanted really? to like they yeah they wanted to okay. give him hugs and like raise a family with him it was real weird <laughs> yeah they, they couldn't wait to get the, uh, well they honestly couldn't wait to get uh little hidden text messages of his crocs you know yeah that's <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I did not. I would not have guessed that though. It's that, real uh, weird. It is real yeah. weird. I would say like, I, I would say like when Matt Cook came to town, Ooh, that's there was one. quite the outrage. Um, see, this is different than that though. Like the Saber fans hate Eric Stahl because they beat him. Like, right? Yeah. Matt Cook yeah. is like just running around throwing elbows yeah. and knees. Like that's almost a whole nother level. It's no, like if Matt Kachuk came to Minnesota. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if, like, if Matt Kachuk went to any other team that wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe Landeskog is one for me too. I, oh God. I, really? Uh, I, I think Landeskog okay. is one of those players that you absolutely cannot stand to play against. Uh, that was one thing with, between uh, Minnesota Wild and the uh, Colorado Avalanche that's kind of fueled that. Mm-hmm that rivalry is that both captains hated each other. Miko Koibu and Landeskog did not like each other. And, and I think that when you see like Landeskog, uh, you know, Cole cocking Koibu in the back of the head during a playoff series, like, yeah, he's easily hated. I think that's, it's one of those things, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know how I almost would feel dirty if he came to the wild and, <laughs> and I know he's a good player and I, and I'm sure you'd, I'd be quick to, to turn, and, yep. and start loving his game if he was on the Minnesota Wild. But right now, I just he's one of those players like I just cannot stand. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what's uh, that's pretty much what's going through the minds of Saber fans right now. Like we want to love the trade, but why does his name have to be Eric Stahl? Uh, <laughs> but I think uh, like Gabe you said, Landeskog, free agent in two thousand twenty-one. By the way, ooh, so there you go. The wild Wild got some contracts coming off the books too. They we might do, have room to yeah, do it. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, that's all. That's all I got for you guys. You got anything else for me? I do have one question because, sure. uh, wh- like I was mentioning with Marcus Felino when he was traded for, and the Minnesota Wild acquired him. I kind of panned the trade. I was like, "What are they getting? Are they getting? The- they're they're going after grits and no sticks." You know, it was just kind of like, "Hey, he's a tough guy," and there really wasn't much. And really, he's div- he's really shown to be kind of a heart and soul kind of player, very much captain material that you're hearing uh, throughout the media as, as maybe a captain favorite now that Koivu has gone. And so, and that's kind of what we heard from, from Buffalo fans immediately following the trade. It was like, he's a heart and soul kind of guy and he's really become a very, very good player and responsible on defense. Uh, And he can pitch in offensively here. I'm not hearing that with, uh, with Johansson. So I'm really wondering like, 
Is it really I, just like Johansson just had very, very little value or just rubbed so many people the wrong way that there's just like, nobody's going to miss him. No, no, no. I wouldn't, I would, I would de- argue on behalf of Johansson here. And even like I defended him a little bit earlier in that. I don't think he was nearly as bad as his reputation was because again, I think he has been a, he on the ice, he was a good second line player. Um, now I don't, I think he needs to be in the right role, but in terms of like the rest of it, I th- I think the leadership part of it, he does possess that. And what's interesting is a lot of times you don't hear like that with like the European guys, but I think it was Eichel. Jack Eichel actually referred to Marcus Johansson uh, before the season started as like the Swedish godfather because the <laughs> Sabres have so many Swedish players like Linus Allmark, their goaltender is Swedish and Rasmus Dahlin is Swedish and Johan Larsson is Swedish and they and Lawrence Pilot, who is a defenseman on the team, is Swedish. Like, the Sabres had a ton of Swedish players and Johansson like almost had his own crew. Like he was like the leader of that group. And I think he even ended up wearing an A for the Sabres, despite the fact that he was only here for a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I I would defend him on that. I do think that he's a respected veteran in the locker room. And I think that he does possess some leadership qualities. Now, would I think he's like captain material? Um, I don't think he's raw, raw like that. And I don't think he's, you know, like Felino, for instance, if your best player gets cross-checked into the boards like dirty and it's your captains on the ice. Like Marcus Foligno is going to go right after that guy. Like he's going to answer for it. So Johansson in that right, I don't think I would make him like any type of big, important franchise leader on the team because I don't think he has that part of his game to him. He's not very raw, raw, as I mentioned it, but no, I I'll defend him both on the ice and in the locker room. Like he's good. He's fine. Like, I don't think he's terrible. I don't think, I think he kind of is pretty good at everything, but he might not be great at everything. Um, so that's kind of where I would stand on Johansson. Hmm. That sounds like exactly the kind of player the wild need one more to add to the pile. Of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like pretty good at everything. Not necessarily amazing and everything. Look, um, can we, we just want like a fine guy who doesn't excel at, or at, at, at anything. And then like, you know, like, I don't want to be like too hard on, on, uh johansson or anything like that because you know um he's had a a, a Mm -hmm. career of being pretty solid but it's just like oh man like i thought stall kind of moved the needle still and i and i don't really think johansson moves the needle but you know this could also we haven't really talked about it too much or anything like that but you know like i i gotta feel with as aggressive as bill garen's been this week that this you know can't be the end right like so just kind of uh just you know i i guess uh, any wild fans uh listening uh just uh kind of give it a week or a month and and see where this is going because uh i have no idea where it is going (laughs) uh but uh it's gotta go somewhere so there's definitely rumors out there sir swirling that this might be a precursor to some other moves happening um and when you put up the the death chart it almost feels like there has to be something happening mm-hmm. soon and i've seen some retweets here and there that have, have hit my 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 twitter feed and some of them i can believe some of them i don't really believe yet but uh yeah i guess hold tight and we'll mm-hmm. see where we end up like you said a month ago or a month from now when we end up at the draft and and all the gms are back together and and, and we'll see uh, I do think that there's more moves on the horizon, whether or not this is 
you know, this is it or what have you. I think that uh, we just got to sit tight and, and we'll, we can judge after that. Yeah. Well said. And again, I think Johansson, even though I do, my first reaction to this trade is that the Sabres won this deal. Uh, I don't think Johansson is a player that kills you. Like I think I, this trade doesn't kill them to me. It doesn't change my opinion really on what they'll be next season. I think like you guys are saying, if they make other bigger, more significant moves, that will determine, uh, will d- definitely more significantly determine what I think they'll be um, next season. All right. Thanks guys for, uh, for joining me today on this crossover. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having us. And, uh, yeah, thank Hopefully, you. <laughs> I mean, Hey, what Sabres and wild? I'm sure we'll have a trade at some point here to talk about soon. Yeah. If you, if you don't like your <laughs> roster, wait a while. That red phone will start ringing soon. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have phone. to learn how to get along here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys. Bye. Thank you. And that does it for this edition of lockdown wild. You can follow me on Twitter at Ohio Tony. You can find Joe Booley on Twitter at Joe Boo, the number 15. And you can find both of our work at 10krinks.com. We both have something up on the Jonas Brodin extension for you to read. And then, of course, you can follow our coverage at 10k rinks. Uh, our, uh, our partner Drew Cove has an article up on Marcus Johansson and why the Wild made that trade. And we will have more to come in the following days. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Joe uh, from Locked on Sabres for joining us. And yeah, I think that's it for us. We will uh, we'll see you soon. But in the meantime, make sure that you follow us. Subscribe to our podcast so you can get your Minnesota Wild trade reactions every day at Locked on Wild. <laughs>